If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Zen is America's number one nicotine pouch. It's made with only six simple ingredients. Plus, Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day hassle-free trial. There are lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zen. Find your Zen online or in a store near you at zen.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. My name is Chris Haston, and I'm an NBC staff photographer, and I was the key photographer on The Office. And main man of Kate Flannery. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, Office family. <laughs> Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of The Office Deep Dive. I am your host, Brian Baumgartner. Today... I have a very special guest joining me. He was an essential part of the crew of The Office. And in many ways, he has actually helped shape our memories from the show. He is the reason that we have so many incredible behind-the-scene photos from our time on set because he was our extremely talented and absolutely hilarious NBC staff photographer. That's right. We're bringing on the incomparable Chris Haston. Now, what? Why are you talking to the NBC staff photographer? Hmm, that doesn't make sense. Well, Chris was that, but he also has become a part of our family. Yes, that's right. He became the main man of Kate Flannery, a.k.a. Meredith Palmer, who actually makes a cameo at the top of this episode today. Gosh, I love these two. Everyone in the Office community loves these two. Now, in addition to The Office, Chris, having worked for NBC since 1985, has worked on some other shows you, you may have heard of, maybe. Okay, you've definitely heard of them. The TV he's touched is almost unreal. You know, like Friends, Seinfeld, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air, Community, The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. He has done it all. But only one show really changed his life. Because, I mean, romantically, right? Um, I will tell you also that Chris also played a huge role 
in my upcoming book. That's right. Welcome to Dunder Mifflin is coming out November 16th. You can pre-order it on Amazon right now. So go grab yourself a copy. Grab one for your friends. Grab one for your family. Get ready to be blown away. I cannot wait for you guys to read it. And Chris offered so many behind-the-scenes photos that are included in this book. So I'm so excited to talk to him about those moments. But for now, get ready to focus. Get it? Like focus a camera? We're focusing? Well, we're focusing on the man behind the camera. Please give a warm welcome to the amazing Chris Haston, everybody. Bubble and squeak, I love it. Bubble and squeak, I know. Bubble and squeak, I cook it every morning. Left over from the night before. What is happening? What's up, Daddy-O? How are you? I'm great, man. Good to see you. Where is your mustache? Oh, I haven't had that since COVID, man. It just got too hot and sweaty, if you know what I'm saying. That's what she said. Uh, But no, I shaved it off just because wearing a mask all the time was impossible. Right. Oh, that's smart. Hold on. Kate, would you get out of my eyeline, please? I've always wanted to say that to an actor. Get get the hell out of my eyeline. Is Kate there right? Kate's there right now. Kate, 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 come here. She is there. This is her mic. This is this is where she does her This is um, her setup. How are you? Kate, what is happening? I'm talking to your man. I know, I love it. I can barely hear you on the headphones. It's Uh, Oh, that's okay. It looks like a it looks like a, a a, a Broadway show curtain <laughs> behind you. Every I mean, this night, is man, you. Every night, just for him, an audience of one. <laughs> <laughs> All right, can I get on? Can I get on? I love you. This, please? Okay, I know. How long are you guys going to talk? I love you too. Love what? you. I miss you. We're How be, long are you guys going to talk? We're being recorded. Don't okay, worry about it. None of my business. Okay. All, All right. right. Have fun. Love you. All right. Thank you. <laughs> well, there's the comedy portion of the interview, Brian. <laughs> oh, it, it only begins there. Oh, I know, uh, man. It's so good to see. So you're well. Everybody's okay. Yes. Yes. Absolutely fine. All right. So I want to go. I want to go backwards in time a little bit. What? How did you get into photography? Well, as a kid, you know, you always hear those stories. Oh, when I was nine or 11 years old, uh, you know, when I was nine, somebody put a camera in my hand and I fell in love with it. And when, you know, all the kids in the neighborhood, I'm from from Southern California, so skateboarding and surfing was it. So when everyone else is skateboarding half pipes and pools, I was taking photos of everybody. Of everybody doing half pipes and pool. Okay. Exactly. So we're still best friends. So, you know, we... We always have our war stories and mine has to do with photography, <laughs> but it just, yeah, it just, I started, uh, landing jobs here and there working really hard to get into places. And I was going to school at the time in Torrance and, um, started working for, um, an agency shooting auto racing. That's my first professional gig. Shooting auto racing. We shot off-road racing and, uh, eventually road racing and yeah, it was great. I, I'm, I'm self-taught. So They had a studio there, which is the main reason I wanted to work there. And then I taught myself lighting. It's funny, about a year before I started at NBC, which, by the way, I did this waiting for NBC to open up. Somebody goes, did you ever think of shooting people? I go, no way, man. I said, people get up and walk out on photo shoots. There's no way I'm ever going to shoot people. A year later, I'm shooting some of the worst subjects <laughs> no no offense but uh no you know. no i mean none taken that was the early days but wait a second you were self-taught i've taught myself lighting i've taught myself about exposure i've taught myself you know i mean i had one year of college that that's all i needed but i went to a small christian school so they offered nothing i shot for the newspaper and the yearbook which they were awful i look back on that stuff and go I knew then what I know now, you know, <clears throat> but yeah, it was just, it's, it's a learning thing all the way. And, um, you know, I've been at NBC for a really, really long time and now I'm the head guy. Now you're, you're it. Okay. But before that you're shooting off-road racing. So you're shooting yeah. cars off the yeah. road. 
Okay. Out in the desert, we'd pre-run for two days and find our spots, and then we'd either camp there or somebody would drop us off, and then the race would start, and you pretty much kind of knew, okay, well, there's 100 cars, and I've seen about 95 of them. Well, I'm getting the heck out of here. And <laughs> it was dangerous because we were down in Mexico. You know, you're pulled over, machine guns in your face, and you either have a bunch of photos. We had a lot of racer photos all the time. Or, play, or my my boss would go get Playboy magazines at garage sales, and it's amazing how far you can get with a Federale with a machine gun in your face and a Playboy magazine. Isn't that great? <laughs> it's, it sounds like the Federales are there right now, actually. Um, <laughs> so you're self-taught yeah. as a photographer, and then you're shooting off-road, and then you find out about a job at NBC. This is 1985? No, in 1980, I found out. Okay. Okay. First of all, my senior high school, I'm like, wait a minute, somebody gets paid to take pictures in the movies. And then I, I really freaked out. And then I, I ended up meeting a guy. I went to, I went to NBC in Burbank and it was the Johnny Carson stage. And then Billy Crystal was doing a pilot. It's back when he did, you look marvelous. It was the beginning of that. Wow. And, um, I was there with a girl and she goes, Hey, I know that guy down there. And it happened to be a friend of her mom's and she knew that he worked there. I never knew it. And, uh, she slipped him a note and he invented, a, invited us down. We went into the lab, which was my office for 25 years. And I'm, I immediately hit him up and he's like, you know, after three months, he's like, don't ever call me again. And I <laughs> bugged him every year. Just, I knew something, I knew it was going to happen. And it was NBC the whole time. Cause that was it. You know, NBC was the network. And finally, after five years, they called and said, you still interested? And I went in as a lab guy, wiping everybody's nose and taking out their trash. And again, I go in there and I learn how they do it big time. And what's funny about it is no photographer on staff would tell me, stay out of an actor's eye line. Don't hit on the actresses. <laughs> <laughs> don't uh, don't do this don't do that and i just went and i got to set and i was a nervous wreck but i never showed it and you know i've worked on some of the biggest shows in history right what was the first show that you worked on out of the lab like when the they let first... you go on set <laughs> well punky brewster the original punky brewster was sure. done on our lot and nobody and everyone was bored with a lot of shows and this was a kid show and um I knew that there were some old school actors on there and I thought, man, maybe I can handle this. And they said, uh, go, yeah, go grab a camera and go. And we used to use these gigantic housings that went around a Nikon or a Canon that soundproofed it. I grabbed it and I was fumbling and all that. It was only 36 frames. So you have to, you get through 36 frames and then you, uh, you know, you got to switch it out. But anyway, I went down there and started doing that, and I'm sure the pictures were awful. Uh, and then the second thing, second thing was like instantaneous because they knew I can handle myself. I started shooting the Johnny Carson show. That wow. was a rotation thing, so everybody did it. Uh, you know, every fourth or fifth week, however many photographers were in that roster for it, and that was um, that was showbiz, baby. That's how I. That's when I got bit. Wow. Yeah. The Carson show. I mean, that I know. Right. I mean, for, for comedians at the time, I mean, appearing oh. on that and you're back there shooting it. How yeah. amazing was that? And not just that, dude. It's like Stephen Wright would come into the green room and I'd be sitting there waiting for the show to start. And we never shot Johnny's monologue unless it was required or asked by the producers. And, and like Stephen Wright would be there and like, I'd be like, Hey man, I mean, it's just like, you're trying not to like, you know, throw up. And, uh, I would always, you know, with the comedians, especially I did it with some of the musicians, but I'm like, Hey, if you want me to send you some photos, which, you know, I didn't have the authority to do that in the beginning, but once it was really rolling, I, and you know, you know, I'd send Steven Wright some photos and Jeff Fox were the, God, that guy's such a great guy. He saw me recently. He goes, Hey, by the way, I don't hang a lot of stuff in my house, but there's a black and white that you shot of me and Johnny is belly laughing. He goes, that hangs right outside my kitchen. And it's like my Buddha. I, I, I touch it every morning, which man, that's, that's my payoff right there. That is awesome. Who was the coolest person on the, on, on the tonight show that you shot? Like for, for oh, you, dude, I mean, God, 
we'd go sit in the audience during rehearsals and the the chili peppers would play for like an hour and Iggy Pop would just come this far from your face and just be screaming at you while he's singing. And they love that stuff because we were an audience of like 10 people that wanted to see them. I don't know, man. It was, I, I mean, Jimmy Stewart, uh, you know, wow. I, I can't even, I, yeah, I can't even think it, it's, it was all great. So you shot Jimmy Stewart and me. So <laughs> that's pretty much all I really that's, talk about. I mean, that's kind of right. Yeah. I mean, that's, <laughs> there's nothing in between those two. Um, in addition to the tonight's show and you mentioned this before NBC was it. Right. I mean, NBC yeah. was the Must network. TV. Must Which, by the way, Warren Littlefield and I, we were, we were hand in hand with each other and he calls me his musty TV photographer. Really? <laughs> yeah. Because I was there through that whole era and I was a, a go-getter and young and willing to just do anything. So. Cheers. You shot Cheers. I shot the end of Cheers. Yeah. I was Leno's photographer when Carson left for the first five years and we flew to Boston and we were in the Bull and Finch the night it went off the air. But Paramount sent me upstairs above the Bull and Finch to be in a room with the cast while they watch TV. And they go, you really shouldn't be there, but try and get photos. <laughs> the finale? Was, this was, was the finale? They were watching the finale on TV in a hotel room in Boston. It wasn't a big room and it was really dark. And uh, yeah, it was very intimate. I've wow. been in some scary places, Brian. <laughs> Well, but that was, I remember that night after the finale, they did the tonight show afterward. Yeah. yeah. And so you were with them through. I was, yeah, there were a lot of photos I did not take that night. I <laughs> I, in fact, I was with, the, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I was, I was with the cast all day. I was in a limo with Kelsey Grammer doing business on his way to the state house and, uh, Kelsey wasn't having a good phone call. He was on that phone in a limo behind with the cable, you know, and, and, uh, the door opens and he gets out and we walked up the steps of the state house for him to bang a gavel. And yeah, it was, I was, I've been in some places, Brian, and there's some other stories we'll tell when we're not being recorded. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure I remember seeing the cast of cheers that yeah. night on the tonight yeah. show. And I, they were I don't kind of bombed, weren't they? I don't. Yeah, bombed. That's exactly yeah. how it appeared. Yeah, uh, everyone appeared, was drunk. Appeared appeared to me. <laughs> that is so amazing. And so also, you shot Seinfeld. You shot Saved by the Bell, Fresh yeah. Prince of Bel Air, Will mm -hmm. and Grace. Yeah, you've spoken to me a lot about Friends. You were you were at NBC the whole time Friends was on, yep. right? Yep. I did, uh, usually I did the pilot gallery. The gallery is, there's two types of photography I do as a unit and gallery unit is something that you're on a set, you shoot images that look like they're coming out of the motion picture camera. I take a liberty with that because there's sometimes you don't want the camera on a set. It could be on the floor shooting this wide room shot, but I don't want some actress coming at me going, that is a terrible photo of me. So I, I sort of take the liberty of, of getting better pictures that way. But the gallery stuff is kind of the rock and roll stuff. And uh, I have been fortunate to do several years of galleries of the biggest shows on NBC. Wow. And the galleries are kind of pre-set-up shots uh, for those listening. That usually happens right bef before a season starts you'll shoot the cast in various poses that'll be used for publicity and marketing throughout the year, right? Correct. Yep. Yeah. So the covers you see on TV guides or you're sitting at a light and there's a bus next to you, that's all the stuff that we do. Yeah. So you had, I'm skipping ahead quite a bit here, but you had one of the most famous, at least from our show, The Office, the George Seurat painting, um, Sunday in the Park on the Isle of, French words. <laughs> um, and you I thought it was it. just a reservoir. Right? Isn't that a French word? <laughs> right. <laughs> but you, you set up the office characters as though they were in that painting one year. T tell me a little bit about, about that or your idea behind that. Uh, one of our top designers at NBC is named Sean Serio. He's an award-winning guy. It was his gig and he always gets the real cool gig. So, uh, we got together and 
I took the original painting, not the original, but, uh, you know, I took that image and, and sort of traced over and I took out a couple people or added a couple people and I placed everyone where I thought, you know, with Craig Robinson in the hat or Jim and Pam walking in with the umbrella or Kate, you know, with a drink in her hand. So we sort of designed all of that. We pretty much shot everyone singly except Jim and Pam were there together and that I mean, you guys were amazing because you look like you're there with a bunch of people. That's the beauty of photography, man. It's nothing but a big fat lie and uh, production. You can't, everyone can't just stop what they're doing and walk off set. <laughs> right. So we did, we did everybody one at a time and I had plenty of time with you guys. We had a really good time. Yeah. Yeah, we did. What was, uh, let's exclude the office for a second. What was your favorite other show, let's say, to shoot at NBC? Well, one of the most intense, most incredible shoots for me was Homicide, Life on the Street. I think it was the third season. I mean, it was like if Breaking Bad was going and they asked me to go do that photo shoot, it was like that because it was just rich and the sets in Baltimore were unbelievable. And I knew the show inside and out. And that's another thing too, is I really like to know what I'm doing going in. Sometimes I don't. Pilots, you just don't know. Right. But this one I knew. I knew the box was a sacred place and that the bad, the worst people in Baltimore were inside the box and Andre Brower was going to be really in their face. So those are some pretty phenomenal photos. I used to enjoy Third Rock from the Sun because Lithgow is one of my favorite people in Hollywood. Yeah. And uh, it was a party. <laughs> oh, ER, we had a good time on ER, even though it was very tense. We, uh, I don't know if I should say this, but I'm going to. Occasionally, we'd bring in beer and wine, and something a little harder sometimes if somebody requested it. But we'd get everybody lit when we were shooting on the back lot at Warner Brothers late at night. We'd do these photo shoots of them coming out the door or into the ambulance. And yeah, those were crazy wild parties. <laughs> Uh, yeah. dangerous dangerous we didn't we didn't have that on our show we didn't i guess that's because you guys had a hundred people on your show well maybe i guess that's true i guess that's true talk talk a little bit about your your process oh so first off a, a multi-camera show like yeah. cheers or friends the cameras are set up are, do you have pretty much free roam to to be able to take photos from anywhere sort of in front Sometimes if you have an actress that doesn't want anybody in her eyeline or, or she'd be too, dis or I don't even say she, I've had many, a, many a guy go, Hey, I can see you moving and you know, well, okay. I'll just, let me start by saying a still photographer is the only job on set that can be asked not to do their job. So you can't have the actor go out. You can't have the sound guy leave. You can't have one of the camera guys split. So I'm the one person who can be asked not to do their job. But um, when all that's moving, it is one of the most beautiful dances you've ever seen. One of my favorite directors in the world is Jim Burroughs. I have done so many projects with Burroughs. Will and Grace, I could run up to the very front of the lenses and work if I wanted to. Right. Uh, I wouldn't do that. I'm, I'm big. I'm a big dude. And right. I, I do take up a lot of space. But it's it's a relationship you get with the dolly grips. You know, if you've ever seen this, if anybody's ever seen the um, the big dollies that cameras roll on, those guys will run you over, and those things can run you over. They're a tank. I've seen other guys get clipped, and it ain't pretty. But it's a dance, and as long as you know how to dance, you will survive in that situation. And there are times where Burroughs is famous for putting his foot on the dolly and kicking it. And there, his guys are so good. They start rolling the wheels, and the camera follows the actor. Or whatever, it's it's truly amazing. But I've been in the middle of two dollies when that happens, and you just kind of get out of there. <laughs> <laughs> um, do you find that you still have the same passion that you did that first drew you in? Is it absolutely? Still uh, oh no, man! It's the best job in Hollywood. It is the best job in Hollywood. I love to joke. Uh, you know, you see some guy shoving a whole giant piece of pizza down his mouth at two in the morning and just to get himself home. I'm like, Hey, glamorous business. Right. Um, but <laughs> the, I, everywhere I go, I mean, I see so many people from the office. I just saw Kelly Cantley last week 
I see guys from Will and Grace all the time. I see, you know, even even working like America's Got Talent, I see camera guys that I've known for 25 years. That's awesome. And, and, it's, and it, you know, Brian, it's, it's such a small, tiny business, but it's like the biggest, tiniest business uh, in the world. Sorry, I'm so excited. I'm not going to mic around. But no, my passion is, uh, I mean, holy cow. I can't believe I get paid to do this. And I just, Kate will argue with you, but I just don't have the ego that photographers normally have. And, right. you know, I'm, I mean, I'm taking photos. I'm, I'm not a plastic surgeon. I'm a, I'm a documentarian in a way. It's, I love to use that on people. Yes. No, but you are. Yeah. No, you are a documentarian. I never thought about it like yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, I'm, I'm not just there documenting. I'm most of the time creating the documentation of that. Right. So that's what I love about being in a studio and doing a gallery and just making, it's amazing, Brian, uh, Sunday in the Park with George was such a great famous painting. It's been copied so many times. And the fact that it carried the weight, that image carries the weight that it does. I mean- People like, oh my God, you worked on the office. I'm like, yeah, I'm a photographer. And, and, and then I mentioned that and they think they're talking to, you know, a big star. I'm like, <laughs> that's awesome. I move on to the next thing, man. I'm, I'm not worried about it. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zen for a spin. Zen nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Ready to start your new journey? Get in gear with the Zen 10 Challenge. Enjoy Zen nicotine pouches for 10 days and discover a fresher way to experience nicotine satisfaction anywhere, anytime. Here's how to get started with the Zen 10 Challenge. Simply pick your strength and varieties online and check out. Once your Zen nicotine pouches arrive in the mail, enjoy pure nicotine satisfaction at your leisure. After your 10-day trial, let us know what you think. If Zen isn't for you, no hard feelings. It's that simple. Order online at Zen.com. That's Z-Y-N.com to start your new journey today with the Zen 10 Challenge. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The 2024 presidential campaign features two candidates who are very well-known to Americans. And yet, there's complexity at every turn. Criminal trials for one of those candidates. Young voters who are angry. The Campaign Moment podcast from The Washington Post gives you what matters. I'm Aaron Blake, and I'm covering my 10th election cycle. My colleagues and I have insights that you won't find anywhere else. So follow the Campaign Moment right now, wherever you're listening. Obviously, you and I share a passion, uh, which is The Office. 2004, NBC ordered this show. Now, were you aware of the British version of the show? You know what? Uh, when I heard this was coming at us, I watched the British 
uh, probably in a day or two, I watched it all. And it was, I watched it three times only because it was so frustrating and I hated it so much. I'm like, I don't get it. And then once I started watching it and the characters grew on me, then I, I loved it. The reason I watched it so many times to get it is because I had worked on 50 British shows already that they were trying to make here that failed. Right. By the way, I shot the very first images for the gallery, which we can get into if you want. Yeah. Um, but I went to that crappy little warehouse in Culver City, and we went in there and shot, and I shot Pam behind the desk, and I did that famous four shot of them looking at the computer. Yeah. Um, so we show up, and uh, we had an art director who was a very, like, um, he's a very showbiz guy. His name was Jim. And Jim had this very, like, thunderous voice who, whatever Jim said, Jim wanted, and Jim was going to get. So we get there, and Greg Daniels is there. Okay. And he's walking around. And um, and I was confused. I mean, I, I you know, okay, you're going to shoot this. They're all going to be looking at the monitor. And, you know, normally we're having them look into the camera so we can identify them and, you know, people, people connect with them. And then <laughs> Jim Vincent is there, and he goes – all right, uh, hey, you, and he points at John, he goes, you look at the camera, and <laughs> out of nowhere, Greg flies in, and he goes, if anybody looks at this camera, the photo shoot is over, because it was so new in the process that I don't think we wanted to give up any secrets and uh, or, or break that fourth wall for the photos, right. because we weren't quite there yet, and this was our first group shot, and I completely was with Greg, he knew what he wanted. If I could jump ahead real quick, there were times where we would have a real secret or something that they did not want to go out. I developed a relationship with Greg and the producers, the whole show, where I would shoot it and we would tag it so it wouldn't go out. Like I knew, people know that Steve was in the finale, right? I should, should yes, I, can I say yes, that yes, finally? Yes, oh, yes. thank God. <laughs> <laughs> But I was probably one of five people that knew that morning. Uh, I, they warned me, which is the greatest thing ever. If somebody doesn't warn you, like Carson show, they'd never warn us. There's a big giant thing that's going to fall down and just miss his head. It's like, you'll miss the shot if you're not ready for it. Right. So I was standing just off camera when he says, I can't be your bestest mensch. And I, I heard Steve walk up and I'm just like, oh my God, this is, this is it. I can't tell you how many of those moments I've actually been there for. So to know that, and I didn't even tell Kate, I didn't tell a soul because that's, I mean, that's the way I am, man. I'm like, uh, uh, if you tell me something, no one's supposed to know, no one's going to know it. If the network's not supposed to know about it, they're only, only one person at the network's going to find out my editor. And I'm going to say, this doesn't go anywhere until it airs, which that is kind of powerful, but I, I never thought I'd have that kind of power. So wait, when you got there that day, you knew he was going to be there and they said, don't release. Not right away. Not right away. I, th I think when I was geared up and walking on, uh, walking on a set, actually I did see him when he walked up to the house. So, I mean, I probably knew about five, 10 minutes before okay. he walked up. So I think when he landed, they said, Steve's here. Right. B be ready. So. Wow. And by the way, I want to say one other thing, and I love telling people this. When we're on the set there, uh, that very first day when uh, Greg said nobody looks at the camera, I had worked at least 10 pilots with Carell. And I mean, I worked on some of the most amazing things with him. And uh, when he walked up, I jokingly said to my crew, you guys, Steve Carell's in this. Let's pack it up. We're getting out of here. This ain't going anywhere. And he got a really good laugh out of it. <laughs> Steve and I always had the tightest relationship because I had known him for so many years. And, you know, if he, if I needed something, if he needed something, I was always welcome into his trailer, which was the coolest trailer in Hollywood. And, um, you know, it was, it was a good relationship to have with him. Right. Such a great guy. Right. Yeah. Well, I think, I think also going back to that first day, you know, a big thing I know for Greg early on was he wanted to establish these characters or these people, meaning Jim and Pam and Michael yeah. and Dwight 
and and this idea that that they were not actors, right? And so actors right. pose for the camera. Actors look into the camera yeah. and and do you know glamour shots or whatever you want to call it. Whereas if you're a a bunch of people at a a mid level slash small regional sure. paper company, you wouldn't look into the camera. You would be doing what you're doing and hoping to <laughs> capture it. That's really fascinating to me that it yeah. started even before we started shooting the pilot when they were, you were doing the gallery. That's amazing. Yeah. So you'd shot like 10 pilots you mentioned with Steve Carell. Was there yeah. anybody else from the office that you had shot prior to the office? Yeah. I was on a pilot one time and we're working in this great old school building near downtown. And I walk in and there's these two geeks that are there. One of them is playing a robot. One of them is playing the robot's friend. And it was a pilot. And I treat pilots the same. You get in, you do your thing and get out. And this one guy comes up to me, goes, you know what I'd really like for you to do? I'd like you to do this, that, and the other. And I turned to him and I go, look, pal, this is a pilot. If this show's picked up, I will kiss your ass and do whatever you want. <laughs> and it was Rain Wilson. Are you serious? <laughs> it was his very first pilot he ever did. And what? to this day, when anybody's introduced to me by Rain, he goes, this guy shot me on my very first pilot. And we never have talked about me telling him that, but uh, he, he respected me and he went with it at that moment. Right. Now, wait, but let me ask you this. Did you, so you were there early on. Did you like the show? You know, I were, I was worried. I was worried at first because I, uh, you know, like I said, I'd been on so many shows that did, didn't think it worked. And, um, I felt that the first two episodes of the British office were so British and I worried that, oh, wait a minute, this is just like it, but I didn't understand. And of course, since then I have found, I mean, I know how brilliant all of our top-notch people were, like all of our above-the-line people were. And I've grown to really open up my eyes now when I go on set. Like, those guys are geniuses. Greg Daniels is a genius, a fearless genius. And it was breaking my heart even back then that it was, you know, six episodes. And right. We might give you one more episode. And when I see that now, I scream at people. Yeah. You know, I'm like, are you guys going to do how many episodes? Are they? Well, they're adding three more. I'm like, oh, yeah. how dare they? <laughs> you know, don't they realize they're sitting on a gold mine? Yeah. Now, on The Office, there was, well, there were four walls, which there usually are in a space. Yep. There was no place to hide. And because of the way the show was shot, the camera's moving around all of the time. So there is a huge dance between, you know, mm -hmm. a lot of times, uh, really three people, excluding yourself, are in the space. There's a boom operator. You've got mics on people and you got two camera guys who are, right. are swinging the camera around. And so then into that, they bring your big behind. <laughs> like, where? I'm so, so glad you asked this question. Yeah. So how... How do you, you know, it's one thing fit in. Yeah. There's one thing to have this huge dolly that, you know, if you stay behind the dolly, sure. they're not going to shoot you because there's an sure. audience behind you and <laughs> everything else. But in this, you're having to learn the dance along with the camera guys and the sound guys. How, how different was that for you uh, doing your job on our show? Well, Brian and I, we occupied the same three inch square on every floor and that's hard to do. At least Brian, Brian, Brian the sound guy, guy. Brian, the Brian sound, our sound guy, yeah. who's an amazing mixer now. Uh, but he and I were in the same spot. And when we were in a corner in that, uh, conference room or something, that conference room was 10,000 times smaller when you got to photograph it. We just managed and Brian, he just jokingly roll his eyes every time he saw me. And I, I'm very gracious and I asked permission I would always ask Randall or Matt if I could be, you know, in a certain place. And, uh, I managed, I mean, uh, again, that's where a longer lens will come into play and you're able to sort of get in and, and I'll try to do two passes on every scene. I'll try to go wide and include everyone. And then I try to get, if it's an argument at the copier or Pam's talking to Michael at the desk, I'll get, I'll go in tight on that with a longer lens. That's easy to get Randall. 
God bless that guy. Those him and Matt, man, those guys are the two best I've ever worked with. Sorry for all you other guys I've worked with, but like I learned this on ER on ER where there was a little uh, sort of island in the middle of the emergency room. And when they were on a handhold handheld, they would do whips. And, um, I, I was okay. And there I watched. And if, uh, if I saw him open his eye, I knew he was coming that way. Well, Randall and I developed a thing where, and Matt too, uh, I think Randall gave me sort of a little click or, or, a and the moment he did that, I hit the deck. I literally would drop to the floor and Matt would actually whip through me. He didn't care. Like, it, cause you know, a whip, you can't, you're not even gonna, if, even if you stop the frame on your, on your recording, you're not gonna, uh, you're not gonna see anything. I'm just a big, I, I wear black all the time. So it's just a black, black, white. Interesting. But it was, yeah, it was, and that makes you feel like a rock star. That makes you feel like, man, I am on the best set in Hollywood and, and I'm here making it happen. Yeah. There was a moment, um, several years ago that, uh, actually it was right when Steve left. What, well, when Steve left, we, I had management at NBC and they brought in a guy over me who wasn't as qualified as myself and my other partner that were there. And so the, you know, they were making life difficult. So some of the rock star stuff was taken away from me and the galleries were being done by this other guy. Um, and the new season was coming along and, um, you know, I, I don't pay attention to anything until they're like, okay, we're going to do this shoot. So, um, I knew the office shoot was coming up though. That was the one I knew was coming up. And then John and I had a conversation and he told me that he said that unless Chris Haston does this gallery, we're not doing it. And that my friend is a powerful producer on a show. And that my friend is somebody I will take a bullet for. And if he, if he needs me to do anything in life, he can call me at any hour and I'll be there because that, uh, that was a true friendship move. And Krasinski, man, I'm so glad he's such a huge rock star now and won't talk to me. I'm kidding. <laughs> no, we, we talked that's recently. Amazing. Yeah. We talked recently about something. So yeah, that's no, amazing. That's, he's, he's a class act. He really is. Yeah. Yeah. Just so you know, I, I, I would have done whatever they asked me to do, whether you were there or not, just to be clear. Okay. You talked about your relationship with Steve. You've known him for a while. How accommodating was he to work with throughout his time on the show? He was probably the most intense. And, uh, I mean, he is a big movie star by the time things really started rolling. In fact, he might've been the only one. Yeah, I was, you know, here's an example. I was in his office once I was between Matt and Randall and Brian was somewhere, uh, with his boom. And, uh, I hadn't watched the rehearsal. Sometimes it's, I don't want to be in a tight little space like that for rehearsals, but I didn't know he was going to cry in the scene. I don't even know if he knew he was going to cry in the scene in the beginning. And <clears throat> that soundproof housing wasn't 100% soundproof housing. So it was like, you know, click, click, click. And it was, you could barely hear it, but a man who has to cry on cue, he heard it. And, uh, he didn't even look up, but he just goes, Chris. And I'm, and it's like, you might as well hear that out of a, out of a foghorn. It's like, Chris. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm so sorry, Steve. And, and all you can do is apologize and leave and just, you know, save face. I mean, trust me, man, there are other actors who are like, if I told you once, it's like, <laughs> well, you haven't told me once there was somebody else on the show later on, but I'm not going to mention his name. <laughs> But uh, they'll really let you have it. But And so, unfortunately, at this point, the room is so small. Matt has to get up off of his box, turn. Brian has to get out of the way so I can get the heck out of the room. Oh, God. So it's humiliating. It's humiliating. But you know something, Brian? You can't take it personal. Right. It's hard not to. Um, but it's, it's just a job. So that's just the way I've looked at it. Yeah. It's your job and don't take it personal and you'll be fine. Thank you. 
from BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast, is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. If you're a smoker or dipper looking to make a change, you really only need one reason to do it. But with Zen Nicotine Pouches, you can find many. Not only did Zen create the first ever nicotine pouch, we're still America's number one choice for smoke-free, spit-free nicotine satisfaction. It could be because Zen is made with only six simple ingredients, including naturally derived nicotine salt. Or maybe it's because Zen is the only nicotine pouch with a 10-day trial. For anyone worried Zen won't cut it like traditional tobacco, just ask one of the millions of people who have achieved lasting change. You have lots of options when it comes to nicotine satisfaction, but there's only one Zin. Find your Zin online or in a store near you at zin.com slash find. That's zyn.com slash find. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. The best conversations I have with my colleagues are the ones that happen when no one is looking, when we're not 100% sure yet what to write. Hopefully, having conversations like this can help you figure out your own point of view. That's kind of our job as Washington Post opinions columnists. I'm Charles Lane, Deputy Opinion Editor. And I'm Amanda Ripley, a contributing columnist. We're going to bring you into these conversations on a new podcast called Impromptu. Follow Impromptu now, wherever you listen. What was your favorite memory being on set of The Office? I was afraid you were going to ask me this because I know you ask so many people this question. One of the funniest things that happen on a regular basis, <clears throat> Kate loves the fact that I hung out in the fake men's room. But the fake men's room was the route to the real men's room because there was no back wall. And I'd be sitting there editing on my computer or whatever. And uh, <laughs> Leslie David Baker did it 10 times if he did it once. They opened the door like, oh, sorry. I'm like, I'm not taking a shit here. <laughs> Dude, the restroom's right there. Keep going. Um, um, you know what? It, I, I, I hate to be so cliche, but it's like any day I walked in the door there, man, it was a good day. And then, of course, you know, in the middle of the second season, Kate and I hooked up. So it's like I – had a place to eat my lunch now. You know what I mean? Right. How, how did this start? Like, was there a moment? Was there, was there a music playing in the background <laughs> or did someone capture it on film? I'm just wondering. You know, she kept inviting me to see the lampshades, her comedy act, which is absolutely brilliant. It's that's Kate Flannery brilliance all the way. And I, I was, you know, uh, I'm invited all the time. Hey, I got a band. You want to come see my band? And I'm, I'm like, yeah, whatever, whatever. But she kept inviting me. And one night I happened, to, I was going to be at this club in Hollywood to see some other girl and just somebody I was hanging out with. And then um, I said, well, I'm busy on Saturday. And I go, well, what time? Because the thing I was going to was later. She goes, eight o'clock. I go, oh, I can make that work. And I go, uh, where's it at? She goes, right on Hollywood Boulevard. I go, where on Hollywood Boulevard? She goes, it's an improv Olympic. I go, that's where I'm going to be at 10 o'clock tonight, uh, that same night. I said, this is meant to be. And, um, we, you know, it's funny. She, she knew I had kids. She didn't know if I was divorced or married. And, uh, 
after the show, we went and got a drink and five minutes in, I'm like, you and I should be dating. You and said I'm that not, to her? I, I am not that smooth. I had never said that to anybody else, but I had connected with her in such a way and I knew she was brilliant. I think she was very attracted to me. She invited me a lot. And, to the uh, lampshades? Yeah. She invited you a lot. Yeah, yeah, like every time it was, and it was, she used to do it every Saturday night. So, right. uh, but the, I think the one moment that it, uh, that we first had eye contact is I used to go around like for every, almost every time I was there, I would do portraits of you guys yes. just because that's always really good filler if they're going to do a story or whatever. And I think this one time, I don't know if you remember, but it was um, the Christmas episode of TV Guide. They were going to do photos of everybody. Cause it was, the show was picking up steam Sure. and I, there's a picture of her holding up a Santa Claus doll and, uh, and other times I got her pulling a bottle of vodka out of the, out of the thing, looking up at me and just, she was adorable. And, um, it's funny. I met her as Meredith and then I saw her as her character on stage and I'm like, and my friend's like, look at her. And I'm like, take it easy, take it easy. And then she comes out walking like Kate Flannery. I'm like, now we're talking. That's yeah. why five minutes and I go, you and I should be dating. You said that to her. That is amazing. Apparently, uh, a recent interview she gave, she said that the two of you are like Jim and Pam <laughs> because you worked together but didn't start dating until the end of season two. <laughs> yeah, that's about that's about right. Yeah. <laughs> but she was never as mean to me as Pam was to Jim. Just kidding. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I'm just talking storyline here. Yeah, no, exactly. Jen is a lovely woman. Exactly. In the in the finale of the office, um, <laughs> Greg let you dance with Meredith yeah. during Dwight and Angela's wedding. How cool is that? You know, Kate wanted me in the uh, wanted me in the show, and I'm like, okay, whatever. You know, I didn't think it was going to happen. And then uh, she wanted me to uh, be, I think, want to be one of the cops that takes Creed out at the end. But those were our real motor cops that stopped traffic for us. Those are real LAPD guys. Um, so I was fine, you know, with just being her, her boyfriend at the, at the wedding and then, you know, end up, they gave me a line in the warehouse when Pam reveals her mural and, uh, which here's a great story. She's going to be so mad when I tell you this. So Quapis comes up and he goes, Hey, just say what a photographer would say. I go, yes, sir. And, uh, so Pam's like, all right, everybody, let's do this photo. And then everybody gets in and I said, all right, everybody right here. That looks great. That looks great. You know? And then they yell cut and Kate goes, and you're all standing right there. And this was a nervous moment for me anyway. And Kate goes, you can't talk. <laughs> and I was just like, I was told I can talk. And all of a sudden Kelly Cantley, who's this tall walks through and she goes, you can talk. And she looks at her cane. She goes, he can talk. <laughs> and then she, she takes off. And then, uh, and Kate was just like, oh no, oh no. So, and then what happened was they, I didn't have a funny enough line and Greg brought me into ADR. And I think you might've been there. I don't know. No, it was, it was Angela, but they wanted to add, um, just a couple dozen more, which a photographer would never say because I, the whole reason I wouldn't say that is because you guys get bored with what's happening and you go upstairs. <laughs> Brilliant writing. And, um, so I, I met, I'm at universal one day and they're like, you need to go do ADR. I'm like, what? And I went in and Angela's doing her thing. And then for some reason, Brian and God bless actors, man, God bless you guys. I could not say that line to save my life. I was, I was a bumbling idiot. It was, was like it just I had a, a couple dozen and, more, just a couple dozen more. And, and Greg got right here and he's like, say it, say it. You could say it. And I should have just put my full trust in this genius who I had watched for the last nine, <laughs> 10 years be the most absolute genius. And I, and finally I mumbled it out. And the moment I'm done, he's all right, we got it. And I turn and rain does like a cop kick in the door and he's screaming my line. Cause he was coming in to do ADR after me. And I'm like, I'm like, let's just have rain do it. You know, it was a funny moment, but, uh, my God, I felt like an idiot. Oh, that is amazing. <laughs> do, do, um, when you're out with Kate, do people make jokes to you about, about dating Meredith? <laughs> they don't even see me. <laughs> no, you know, a few things have happened since, well, first of all, when syndication happened, when it started hitting regular, uh, you know, like a cable, uh, thing, uh, 
uh, Kate started getting bothered all the time by so many people. And then when it hit Netflix, she was mid-bite and people would stop and say, can we get a photo? All that kind of thing. But now people are stopping me. Like if it's, it doesn't happen all the time, but somebody goes, Hey, weren't you in the finale? I saw you in the finale of the oven. Like, Oh my God, it's really weird for me. That's Cause I'm crazy. all about, you know, I can spot somebody spotting Kate from a mile away. And we have a little code word, which I'm not going to tell you, but it's from the show. What's the code I have word? A little, I'm not, I can't, I'm not going to tell word? you private. I'm going to tell you privately. No, what's the code word? <laughs> You'll find out privately. <laughs> but um, I'll, I let her know, okay, incoming. You know what I mean? Right. So, uh, but that's know. not the code word. What's the code <laughs> no, word? I'm not going to tell you. Okay. Kate will be mad at me if I tell you. Um, well, listen, I've been talking to people you know, for now, the last couple of years, which has been amazing and, and how willing people are now after eight years of the show being done talking about it. And, and as you just mentioned, you know, the sustained, not just success, but you know, as, as I say, not just survived, but it's thriving now all of this time later. And this exploration that I've been going through now, uh, we have, collected it all together and, uh, and we're, we're coming out with a book that's going to be launched really soon. And you are a huge part (laughs) of that book because there are hundreds of never before seen photos that you took on set in some of the most intimate moments during the show. So when we started talking about photos for the book, I went, wait a second. There was a cast book that I understand you helped put together at the end of the show that was like, it was one of those things like right in front of me the whole time. It's like right (laughs) in my living room on my coffee table. It has been for the last eight years. And so I started looking through books. How did, how did that come about that, that creation of that amazingly beautiful book? That happens a lot. Like uh, when Will and Grace was wrapping up, I did uh, I did that. Um, almost every show does it now, and I think that that is the greatest gift you can get as a wrap gift. I mean, that's the great the, the great thing about being a photographer in general. Like even if you're at a party or an event, you're going to talk to every single person in the room. That was my chance to work with every person, and a lot of people try to ditch you and not. You know, but I was pretty sneaky and I was able to get people. Yeah. Um, but yeah, that's, that's always something really fun to do. It's a, so much work, especially at the end of a run, but, yes. uh, it's yeah. Like what you're saying right now, it's like, it's unbelievable. Well, it's, it's all it's, right there. It's so, it's so beautiful. And so for, you know, the last eight years when people, you know, come over to my house yeah. And we're talking about the show, always refer to the book and they look through it and they're like, oh my God, I can't believe you have these <laughs> photos. Well, now everyone in the world can't come to my house to look at my book, but now so many of these photos are going to be in this book. And so I'm, we're going to, I feel like Conan O'Brien here, but we're going to play a little game. Okay. All right. We're going to play a little game. Describe that picture hashtag uh hashtag copyright hashtag uh brian baumgartner hashtag the office deep dive i don't know if that covers it but i'm going to make these photos available on my instagram so other people can can mention it but i'm going to show you a series of photos and this can be fast round you can say one word you can describe something that you remember from some of these iconic photos of the show so the first photo (laughs) steve carell sitting at what looks like a dinner party with the St. Pauli girl, uh, you know, light up thing behind him. That sign was so bright, man. It was so bright, which was the joke, but in a still, you want the actor to look good. So the sign's blown out. Uh, That was one of the most unforgettable nights of my life. I can't even believe how hard we left. And, And that's hard when, as the photographer, man, there were tears, just my whole shirt was wet from just laughing so hard with that stupid TV, the plasma TV. The plasma TV. Yeah. But this was, this was intense. You know, if if I had one word for this intense, because that fight was intense. Michael. I'll try to give you one word answers. No, no, no. You can describe more. (laughs) I'm just saying it can be fast. Okay. Photo two, 
Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> Meredith <laughs> with intense. Confusing. <laughs> because it's never made, there was never a reason in the episode of why her face looked like she was uh, dropped into a pizza oven. Okay, so so <laughs> go ahead. You can say this is her. Go ahead. Yeah, so there was a, she got, uh, was it sunburned or? I I, it's sunburned, it was like ex- right? Yeah. It's extremely sunburned and. Uh, we even did a big shot. I hope to not ruin another photo, but there's a group shot in the warehouse and she looks like this. And um, there was no explanation why, because the storyline was cut. So I think a val- valuable lessons were learned during this episode that, you know, if you have something like this, you better back it up. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Do you, is she just as beautiful there as the moment you met her? Uh, beauty is skin deep, Brian. <laughs> oh my God. No, no, no. That's she's, uh, she's, she's lovely. She's uh, lovely. All right. Photo three. Okay. A group of people. Oh yeah. Uh, around okay. a giant 100. Tell me about this. I think Phyllis's hair speaks for all of us. It was so hot and dusty there. Um, we were out at the Calamigos Ranch, I think, and you guys, uh, usually when they cut a cake like this, they're telling you about your next pickup. Right. And uh, that might have been what happened this day. But uh, all I know is I never got any cake. You never got any cake. <laughs> <laughs> and a gigantic cake like that, I know. This, is, uh, this was the celebration of the 100th episode. Huge uh, milestone in a show. Huge. I've been there for hundreds of them. Yes. Company, company picnic. Yeah. And you see Greg there cutting the cake, but yes, we were all, <laughs> we were all very, 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 very hot <laughs> out there in Malibu. All right. Picture four. Oh Jesus. Yeah. That was scary. Will Farrell <laughs> dunking a basketball over me sitting on the ground. What do you remember about this day? You know what, Brian, and, and this, I'm not bullshitting you, but I could have easily shot that in a way to see his face, <laughs> but I wanted you in there <laughs> looking like you're about to get crushed. Yes. Uh, but yeah, this, this was the shot to me, even though he used his right hand and covered his face. <laughs> that was a pretty crazy day. Yeah. That was a classic Will Ferrell day where you keep, you keep checking yourself. Like, is this really happening? <laughs> yes. He's amazing. He is amazing. All right. This picture here, uh, picture five, this is, uh, our final Very table last reading. Yeah. That was, uh, I was crying as hard then as I was, uh, when Steve left, but just seeing everyone's emotion and everything else. And a lot of you guys held it together, but, uh, again, I've been at a million of these things too, a, a million of the last table read, but this one, man, this was like. You know, finding out that your grandparents are are both going to die or something. I always feel that way at the end of a show. It's like there's a death in the family, but we're still going to see each other down the road. But it's always that sad. Yeah. Yeah. And a lot of people so have this photo. In- yeah. Well, uh, Chris Workman called me and said, hey, I'd love to do this gift for the cast. And uh, he blew it up big. But I remember I walked around the entire room, made sure I get all the faces, but this one has so many great expressions and, um, and it was, uh, you know, and Chris just blew it up for everybody and it's fantastic. I'm sure it's hanging in everyone's house. And that's how I, I love to, to judge my work by not how much money I make or where my pictures are published, but where they're hanging. That's important to me. That's awesome. Yeah. All right, picture six and seven. Oh, man. Yeah, rough night. Uh, that was a very touching moment when she took that off the wall. Um, but, you know, I everyone always posts pictures like the one on the right of, uh, you know, when Steve left, I shot that famous shot of him with the slate, and uh, and I, I got a wide shot, and everyone are bawling their eyes out so hard. This was the equivalent of that. I do have another picture of Pam doing the very last shot was Pam's talking head. It doesn't appear in the show that it's the last thing uh, there. I think her taking the picture. No, it's us by the tree outside. Right. But anyway, I was outside of the conference room and I, I have a photograph of everyone silhouetted watching that final 
have I not sent that to you? It's everyone watching her talking head through the window of the conference room. It's a beautiful shot. I haven't seen it, but I yeah, I'll to. send it to you. I'll no. send it to you. Yeah. Chris, thank you so much. Oh, my pleasure for talking, uh, for being so candid and open about <laughs> your, no, your experience, not just on our show, but, but your time at NBC. I appreciate you and your friendship. So thank you so much for coming in and, and talking oh, to me. Oh, my pleasure. And, uh, my pleasure. Yeah. Onwards and upwards to the next, uh, show, <laughs> right? To the next right office on, on NBC. <laughs> I'm not sure if anything will rise to that occasion, but we'll see. All right. Thanks. <laughs> Thanks, buddy. And there you have it. What a guy. Chris, Daddy-O, it was so great having you on. Thank you for sharing your story with all of us. And I know that you're a fan of this podcast. So my only question is, after today... What is your favorite episode? To all of you listeners out there, thanks for coming back. Now, if you come back next Tuesday, then you'll find we'll be talking to another man that you all have been dying to hear from. Hint, his first name starts with the same letter as Chris's. Five seconds. Okay, I'll tell you. It's Craig. Craig Robinson, the funniest man I have ever seen on a stand-up stage. That's right, Mr. Daryl Philbin himself. But until then, have a great week, everyone. The Office Deep Dive is hosted and executive produced by me, Brian Baumgartner, alongside our executive producer, Lang Lee. Our producers for this episode are Liz Hayes and Diego Tapia. My main man in the booth is Colin Tedeschi. Our theme song, Bubble and Squeak, performed by my great friend Creed Bratton. And the episode was mixed by Seth Olansky. The journey to a smoke-free future can be a long and winding road. But if you're ready for a change, consider taking Zinn for a spin. Zinn nicotine pouches offer a fresh way to discover your nicotine satisfaction. Anywhere, anytime. No smoke, no spit, and no lingering odor. Get in gear with the Zinn 10 Challenge and enjoy 10 smoke-free, spit-free days for just $5.95. Order online and start your new journey today. Warning, this product contains nicotine. Nicotine is an addictive chemical. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. Whether you're a savvy spender maximizing your savings with cashback rewards, a thrifty rate watcher seeking the lowest interest, or a travel enthusiast looking for extraordinary perks, Kemba Financial Credit Union has a visa to complement your lifestyle and unique needs. Apply today at Kemba.org to unlock a limited-time 2% cashback on purchases. And pay 0% interest on balance transfers for an entire year with a new visa from Kemba. You deserve a card that works for you. Restrictions apply. Offer ends June 30th, 2024.